Well, I've got an important message for us today. Every week, of course, is an important message, but this one is, is going to be up close and personal for every one of us. I really want you to listen because this is going to be very important to the church and to the ultimate eternal kingdom and to you specifically. Now, I want you to turn to your, your neighbor. I want you to say, this is going to be big. Now, turn to the other one and say, you need to listen to this. All right, so here we go. Now, understanding that we are at different levels in our spiritual understanding, our spiritual knowledge. I'm going to walk you through what I want to teach you today from the Word of God so that no matter whether you've been in church for all your life or you've just started back to church or maybe today's the first time you've been in church in your whole life, I want you to understand what's going on. So I'm going to walk you step by step, okay? A couple weeks ago, I shared an amazing, encouraging statement that Jesus made in John, which is one of the four Gospels in the New Testament. John, written by one of the original 12 disciples of Jesus, John 16, verse 13, says this, but when the, he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Remember we talked about that if you were here a couple weeks ago. We, we looked at this verse. The exciting thing about it is for all of us who have trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, God seals that deal. God seals that relationship by putting the Holy Spirit in us. And that Holy Spirit there is to guide us. But he doesn't just make up things to say. The Holy Spirit only tells us things that he hears, and then he tells us. So he's an intermediator. Now, who's telling him? Remember? Who was it? It's God. God is telling him. So when the Holy Spirit is working in our life, when he's given us direction by that still small voice that's there, it's really God who is speaking to us. Now, I want you to take that concept and apply it on just a little broader uh, level, and that's this. Second Peter, Peter, another one of the original disciples, the leader of the disciple band, in a second letter that he circulated among the early churches and is part of our New Testament that we call the book of Second Peter, in chapter 1, beginning in verse 20, Peter says this, above all, now we got to think that's important. He says, above all, don't miss this is what he's saying. You must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we think of your Bible, the one you're, some of you are holding in your lap right now, some of it have on your phone, which that's a great thing about technology. We can take the Bible everywhere now, can't we? But that word, that Bible, is not written by man. In other words, Paul, who, who, or Peter, who wrote this, didn't sit down and say, well, I think I'm going to tell the church this. No. He was speaking from God as the Holy Spirit was speaking to him. And so whatever scripture has to say to me, to you, is from God. Do we get that? Shake your head. That's from God. It's God speaking to us. God trying to give us guidance. God trying to prepare us for eternity. Now, with that in mind, Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians, another New Testament manuscript, 
in chapter 4, beginning in verse 11, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body may be built up. So all scripture is inspired, Peter says. It's God speaking through the Holy Spirit to man. Now, how are you going to know what God is saying? How are you going to understand Scripture? How many of you ever read Scripture and said, I just don't understand this? Most of you, right? Well, God is so organized and God is so compassionate that he put into place a plan. And so he calls through the Holy Spirit different people to dedicate themselves to the study of God's Word so that they can come in and teach you what God has said to you. That's what we're doing right now. God called me into ministry so that I would dedicate my time specifically to studying God's word so that I can teach you what God has taught me through the Holy Spirit and what God has revealed to us through that inspired Bible that we have. And so it's all linked, see? Now, my responsibility... Pastor Bob's responsibility, Pastor John's responsibility, Pastor Evan's responsibility, all of us, our responsibility is this, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, what is this body of Christ? All right, now, today when you got up, you could have said, today, Sunday, I'm going to the body of Christ. But you didn't. You said, I'm going to... I'm going to church. It's the same thing. The body of Christ is the church. The church is the body of Christ. So he said that God gave different people responsibilities to teach those who are in the faith in Jesus Christ, which is the church, so that the church can be built up. Why is that so important? Because it's in this dispensation of time that God is using the church to reach out to the world to attract them to him so that they might have both eternal life and so that they can be preparing for eternity and preparing for the eternal rewards that God wants to give us when we get on that side of of death. And so it's really important to prepare God's people for works of service. Now, who's God's people? God's people is anyone who has trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, raise your hand. Okay, all right, so we're talking to you. He's talking to you, okay? So my job is to help you grow up to be, to, in, in works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. It goes on to say in verse 16 of chapter 4, Ephesians, for him, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love. Now read this with me. As each part does its work. Now, what does that mean? The body of Christ is built up as every joint and every ligament. That's a metaphor for me. That's a metaphor for you. We are the joints and the ligaments. And so the body is built up. The church becomes impactful in a morally decaying world when each of us do our part. Now, does it say some of us do our part? It says each of us do our part. Now, if you've been around here uh, for any time at all, you know that we say here at the bridge that we don't attend the bridge, we what? 
are the bridge. See, that's exactly what Scripture has told us. See, we weren't clever in creating that idea. That's what Scripture says. And Scripture is what God has revealed to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has revealed to the different authors of the Bible. And and so each one of us is important to build the church up which in turn is important to impact the eternal kingdom of God because we do eternal kingdom work. That's what the church does. Now you say, now, now, now what is my part? Well, God is so amazing. He's so organized. And the Bible is so filled with instruction for life and for preparation for eternity. So what part do you play? Well, it varies. Paul, again, writing now, to the Corinthians in the first letter that was circulated among the churches again that we call 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning in verse 1 and verses 4 and 7. Now he says, now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, let's stop just for a minute. What's a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is an ability that God gives to everyone who has trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior. We all have natural talents That's what God wired us to be when we were still in our mom's womb, Psalm 139. He created us who we are, and we have natural talents, and we have natural interests, we have a personality, we have all that. All that was formulated by God when we were still in our mom's womb. Once we believe in Jesus Christ, God takes a step beyond just our natural abilities, and he gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us an empowerment to build up the church and to impact the kingdom. Every one of us who have trusted Christ, he has done that for. Now, oftentimes, our spiritual gift coincides with our natural talents and abilities. But sometimes, it's way out to get us out of our comfort zone, something we would never think of. But everyone, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, this is true of you. Paul talks about what some of these gifts look like in Romans chapter 12. Beginning in verse 6, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. In other words, I don't have the same gift set as Leo has, and Leo doesn't have the same gift as Charlie has, and we're all different. We all have a different package. God intends it that way. He said, according to the grace given us, according to what the Holy Spirit has done in our life. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his face. Prophesying today is teaching, preaching. He says, if, if that's your gift, then, then use that in proportion to your experience and according to your, your, your faith. That's why most pastors will start in different positions in the church. Uh, I, I started as a teacher, and then I went to a youth pastor, then I was a worship leader, and I was an executive pastor, then I was a chaplain, and, and now I'm, I'm a senior pastor here at the bridge. And so God just brings us along. All right, so he says, if it is serving, let him serve. You know, some of you just have a gift of service. I, I, and it's, that gift to me is so obvious. You know, you know why? Because when things need to get done, like you, we're finishing a, a social, a get-together, a fellowship, the servants just kicking to work. They start picking up chairs and sweeping and picking up garbage and all. They, they just do it. See, because that's what God, that gift that God has given him. It says, if it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. You know, a spiritual gift that God gives some believers is just the ability to really encourage either, other people with impact. Now, we all try to encourage, but sometimes our encouragement comes off sounding very patronizing, doesn't it? And it's not sincere, but some of these people, when they start to encourage, man, the power that has been given them by the Holy Spirit kicks in, and it's really impactful. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let them give generously. If it's leadership, let them govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let them do it cheerfully. In other words, there's all kinds of different gifts. And your gift set isn't the same as your husband or your wife's gift set. 
or your son or your daughters or your mom or your dads or your best friend. All of them are different. And God has given them to you specifically through the Holy Spirit for a purpose. And that is so that you can use that gift or those gifts, because it's not uncommon for people to have multiple gifts, to be part of building up the body of Christ, which is the church, right? Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 or actually, this is verse 7. Now, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, God gives us these gifts, not so that we can say, man, I really am a believer because I've got this gift. I, I can teach. I, I can, I'm just really a dynamic servant. Boy, when I encourage, people really get encouraged. When I pray, things happen. It's not for us. The gift isn't given to me for my benefit the gift is given to me for the common good. And the same is true for you. Peter, again, in that first letter that he circulated among the church in the New Testament, 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. That's why you have the gift. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. In other words, all of us have to use the gifts that we have because the body, in order for the body to be built up, for it to be strong, supported by every joint and every ligament, as, as we looked at before, in order for it to be strong and impactful and, 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 and useful for kingdom work, it takes everybody using the variety of gifts that God has spread around through the entire body of Christ because when we all come together and if we all use our gift nothing gets missed. Everything that needs to be covered to impact the kingdom and the lives of other people and to help other believers grow up and to help us prepare for eternity, we don't miss a thing when we all come together. It's like a professional team of any kind. Let's use a football team. Well, you've got a center. His specialty is hiking that ball and then making blocks. Then you got guards, and their specialty is to do another thing. And then you got tackles, and their specialty is to do another thing. Then you got ends, and, and you got receivers, and you got a quarterback, and you got running backs. All these different people have different skill sets. They don't have the same skills. That running back, if he'd get on that line, he'd get killed. Because he's usually a little, little guy, maybe 145 or 200 pounds, and, and those guys on the line are like 350 pounds. They'd murder him. See, so it's the same thing here. God gives us these gifts, and he gives us a variety of gifts, so that when we're all doing our part, it's like a symphony to the glory and to the impact of the kingdom of God. And that's what builds the church up. That's what builds it up. Now, there's another reason, though, that God calls us to use these gifts. Primarily, he said, to build up the church, to build up the ministry, the kingdom. But in Matthew 16, 27, Jesus is talking now, and he says this. For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Jesus is saying this. Before he'd ever died, before he ever resurrected, he, he was already teaching that he was going to come again. See, that's the next major event in the history of man and, and certainly in, in the, the timeline of Christianity is Jesus is coming again. 
And he's going to come this time in the glory of his father. Not coming as a little baby anymore, born in a manger, silent night, holy night, you know, or away in a manger, no crib for a bed. No, this time he's coming back in power, in majesty, with the angelic army. And he's going to bring his reward with him. Now, that reward specifically is for the body of Christ, the church for you and me. He's going to reward us for what? According to what we've done. According to how we've used that gift that he's given us, or gifts. According to our involvement in in building up the church. According to our impact in reaching out into our community to help people find Jesus Christ. It's all connected. And if we all do our part, then the church grows. Not only does the church grow, though, as each of us does our part, we're earning eternal rewards. I got a lot more to say about that in our next series that starts next week. But, but that's how it works. And remember, I'm not making this up. This is what God has revealed to all of us. Matthew 24, 46, Jesus says this, It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Jesus, now, now, Jesus is not speaking particularly in, in a condemnation manner. He's speaking in, in a matter just to say, listen, I'm coming back. And here's what I have revealed through the Holy Spirit to men who have written letters and books and, and, and what we now know as our Bible to prepare you for works of service so that the body might be raised up and also so that when you get to eternity... You will be in position to receive the eternal rewards that I want to give you. Now, understand, as a believer, we will not stand in judgment for our sins. Christ has taken care of that. But we are going to stand in judgment. Paul talks about that again in his first uh, Corinthians letter, chapter 3, beginning in verse 11. He says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, what he's saying is basically this. He's everything I outlined to you today, he's saying that is the foundation for life. That's the purpose for life. That's where we need to sink our teeth in. That's what is the most important thing. That's what we are to live for. Now, we have to work jobs to support our families and, and to have an income so we can eat. and we can. But, but the priority for every believer is what we've been talking about this morning. And, and, and Paul says no one can build on that foundation. And then he goes on to say, if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, basically he's saying, if anyone tries to make it fancier because, oh, this doesn't seem fancy enough. This just doesn't have enough zip. And that's what a lot of churches get into today, by the way. They get into all the sensationalism and programming and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and they lose getting back to what is the important thing. And, and so he says, anyone tries to make it better by artificial means, then they're going to miss the boat. Or if anyone builds with uh, wood, hay, or straw, then that's going to be bad too if you try to downgrade and say, well, I don't think God really meant that. And you try to minimize what God has said. That's not going to work either. Why? Because it says his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. Now, what is the day? And I didn't capitalize it for emphasis purposes. This is how it is in Scripture. The day. What is he talking about? That's the day of judgment. The day when we will be evaluated for what Jesus said, 
for our rewards, for according to what we have done during this life. He goes on to say, it will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he'll receive what? His reward. However, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. Loss of what? Rewards. Now, he says he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flame. Now, why is that so important? Now, don't miss this. This is, this is critical. What we're talking about today doesn't get us into heaven. It has nothing to do with our salvation. The only way we can get into heaven is by putting our personal faith in Jesus Christ and transferring any confidence we have in ourself, our own ability, our own goodness, our own good works, our own acts of benevolence, or any denomination that man has made. It's Jesus, and until we've... And we, when we stand hopelessly before Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you, and there's no other way. I get it, Jesus. There's no other way I'm going to heaven but through what you did on the cross. See, now when we do that, Scripture says we have the promise of eternal life. 1 John five thirteen. These things I write to you who believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life, Right? So that's what our eternal life is based on. What we're talking about is what are you going to do in eternity? What are you going to have when you get to heaven? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about eternal rewards. And again, I'll have a lot more to say about that in the series that we're going to start next week. Now, where do you fit into all this right now? Where are you fitting in? Now, quickly, what I want to do is talk about your next step. Let's put application to what we've learned today because that's, that's my responsibility. And if I, if I don't do this, then I'm not doing my job, and I'm going to stand before the Lord someday, and he's going to say, Pastor Pete, and I don't want that to happen. And please, you don't want that to happen for me, do you? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some, some next step opportunities, some places that you might plug in right now. If you're not plugged in doing anything in any service, I'm going to give you some places in this church, this body of Christ, where you can plug in. Now, if you don't know your spiritual gifts and you don't know what God has given you, there are inventories, there are, there are tests that you can take to, to help you determine that. And if you'll go to the next step booth that's on the east patio as you leave, and that's where all this, is other, all this other is going to take place at the next step booth, they'll have a link that they can help you with where you can go and take a spiritual gift inventory, okay? So if you don't know, and you say, man, I don't know, we'll go back there, and the next step booth, Pastor John, he'll help you to, to start identifying. But here's some immediate needs here at the bridge that you can tap into. And you're going to see some are a little bit more extensive. Some are pretty easy to accomplish. Next step booth. We, we, we need just folks out there at that booth that's on that east patio. We need volunteers to help on the next step booting. What do you do? You help bridge members take their next step so a pastor can meet with them and, and, and getting them connected. You, you, we'll just, sometimes we'll say, hey, what's your next step? And people just go out to that booth and you'll be the person at the booth and say, well, I'll get you connected with Pastor John or Pastor so-and-so and, and we'll help you along. Uh, we'll volunteer about once a month. It's not every Sunday, every service. You volunteer once a month. 
and will be fully trained before you're ever stuck out there, before you're deployed. Some people say, oh, I can't just stand with that. No, you don't have to worry about that. You'll be trained to be able to handle the questions and all that. So it's a simple thing. Now, everyone, take out your pen and write some of these down because the Lord may impress one of them on you. And you might go out and you'll forget because we're going to look at several of them here. And you'll say, now, what was that pastor talking about? All right, so one is the next step booth. That's just helping people find their next step here at the bridge and in their service to God. Now, another area is bridge guides, and we have three forms of bridge guides. One are greeters. When you came in through the doors today, there were people at the doors, and they they welcomed you, didn't they? They shook your hand. They said, hey, we're glad you're here. They had the teal bridge shirt on. Those are bridge guides, and the greeters, they greet people at the door coming into service. How hard is that? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you this morning. Man, that was tiring. It was easy. Thank people for attending service. Hey, we're so happy you're here today. They serve once or twice a month. Now, the more bridge guides we get, then the more we can divide it up, and you end up serving one Sunday, one maybe one service the entire month. See, again, <clears throat> what do you need to do? You need to arrive. Here's the sacrifice. You need to arrive about 20, 30 minutes early because it doesn't do any good to come 15 minutes after the service has started to welcome people because they're already here. Well, maybe not in our church. You come late, but... But you got to be here. So that's the sacrifice. That's the burden. you carry. You got to come a little early so that you're there for when people start arriving. So that's one form of bridge guide. Another one is the front desk. You see the, the, the guest services booth when you come right in. Well, we need people to help at that front desk. And they're trained to answer questions. Again, the key word is trained to. You don't just stand out there. You're trained to do it, to answer questions about the bridge and provide guests and members directional information. And again, right now, it's served once or twice a month. And it's more volunteer, that will, will change also. So maybe you'd just be interested because you have a very effervescent personality and you're a people person and you love to smile and you love talking to people. And that might be a beautiful place. Maybe that's how God has equipped you as an encourager to encourage people coming in and give direction. Then there's escorts. What do we want? We want to train some bridge guides because we have guests coming all the time. And a lot of the guests have, have children, and many of them have multiple children, or, or they just need to find some uh, class that's meeting, a Bible study class or whatever. Well, they don't know the campus. And it's difficult for us <clears throat> at the Welcome Center to say, well, yeah, that's Adventure Zone. You t- if they're that old, you take them over to Adventure Zone. Now, what you got to do is you got to go down the property, you got to make a left, then you got to go around the building, then make another right, and then you'll see this big thing that says Adventure Zone. What we want to do is have somebody standing right there and say, hey, come on, I'll walk you over there. Or the nursery. Hey, where's the nursery? I've got one in the nursery, and I've got one that's in Adventure Zone. What am I going to do? Well, one takes one person to the nursery. One takes the other. See, it's just escorting people around the campus, helping them find where they go. You say, well, I don't know where to We'll train you. We'll train you. We're not going to lay you out there to get skin bare, okay? All right, nursery ministry partners. Now, especially we're looking for folks to serve at 9 and noon. But like you attend a 9 o'clock service. So I know Jennifer uh, Bergamini, who heads our nursery program, is not going to turn you away if you want to work at 1030. I know she's going to use you. But it can be things that you go, oh, nursery, I couldn't do it. Well, there's different things that they do. See, for age groups, infant, toddlers, three- and four-year-olds. Now, some is teaching, teaching little children. And you don't have to prepare a lesson. The lesson is prepared, and it's given to you, and you just share it with the children. You say, I don't know that much about the Bible. How much do you think a three-year-old knows about the Bible, huh? Just take the lesson and teach the lesson. Believe me, they're not going to come up and say, well, what do you think about the dispensation of grace? 
what do you think about the trilogy? The trip, trinity, you know, they're kids, man. This is, this is not hard. This is like coloring a picture of Jesus being born. Okay, assistance, just helping people check in and check out. We're very, very passionate about the security of our children here at the bridge. And so that we don't, they don't just come. We, we got tags and we got to process that, that we track the kids and, and we know where they're at. And so moms check them in and dads check them in. And, and, but there's people there at booths out in the hallway checking them in and checking them out. Hall monitors, just, just to make sure that some, someone doesn't escape, you know. Some of these kids, they're pretty cunning. And, and we've had them try to. And so there's just people out in the hallway and go, whoa, Nellie, come back here. Or just classroom cleaning. Maybe it's even something you come in during the week and, and, and you help just to clean the nursery classroom, to sanitize all the toys so that the kids are playing with, with sanitized toys. Or maybe it's nursery laundry, you know, because we, we use throwaway diapers and that, but, but bedding and stuff like that. Maybe you say, hey, I'll take a little laundry home and I can do a little laundry and bring it back. See, there's all kinds of ways that you can serve without necessarily being the one changing the dirty diaper in the nursery. Adventure Zone, that's our children's ministry. Especially, they meet at 10.30 and noon. At 9 o'clock, they have discovery classes. They have Sunday school classes for the kids. But they, they need help with checking and check out. Again, we do the same thing. We check kids in, we check kids out to their parents so that we have an accountability and we don't lose any kids and none get kidnapped or none run away or get hurt or injured. Sound booth. Maybe, maybe some of you like operating sound. And you like doing that. Well, there's an opportunity there for you to operate sound. And you can go out and just kind of be in the sound booth. So you got a whole wall between you and the kids. You know, there's a safety net there. And then leading music. Maybe you're, you could sing. Well, they just sing simple songs. You don't have to be able to lead a choir or read music. Or maybe it's just puppets. You like puppets. They have a puppet ministry. And you can just kind of be a puppeteer. Or maybe it's general monitoring of the children. We just need folks in there to, again, help with, with, with the crowd control, just to be there and to make sure, again, no one escapes. And, and if someone's got to go to the bathroom, we've got somebody to escort them there. See, it's simple. Then there's Awana Clubs. We have a great ministry of Awana Clubs, and we're always needing volunteers for that. We have different age groups. We have Cubbies, three- and four-year-olds, Sparks, that's uh, kindergarten through second grade, and TNT, third through sixth grade, Awana Middle and High School. Again, what do we need? Just people to check in and check out. We need people to be assisting leaders who are doing things. One of the big things that we need are adults just to listen to the children reciting the verses that they need to memorize so that they can give different awards in Awana. There's a lot. Some of it's just games, helping in the games of Awana. And, and so not all this stuff needs, you don't have, a, have to have a theological degree to do it. Good news clubs. Now, here's a, a part where some of you, especially in this service, might be able to play because this is our, our, our more, let's call it mature service in age. Some of you may be retired. And on a Thursday afternoon, once a week, you could come out and help with our Good News Club. Our Good News Club is the Bridges Bridge to Somerset Academy, the children there, to, to teach them about Jesus. And, and we have that relationship with, with the school, even, even though it's not a Christian school, where with parental permission, we teach the kids the Bible. And you know that every year, we, we, have, we have 20, 30 kids trust Jesus Christ. And do you know that some of those kids, there's such a profound difference in them that their families have come here to the bridge? See, it's an important ministry. Now, in the summer, we've got several things coming up that are one-week deals. One week. We have vacation Bible camps, and you, you can volunteer for crafts, snacks, games, puppets, decorations. Again, general monitoring of the children. There's a lot of different things you can do for VB or VBC, 
as we call it. Some know it as Vacation Bible School is traditionally what it's known. Then there's a music and drama camp. Uh, we have, we train our children, and they have a big uh, uh, singing and, and kind of big presentation, and they're fantastic, by the way. You need to come and see one of those, where the children do all the acting, all the singing, and all the choreography, and, and it's a camp, and maybe you're gifted in these areas, and, and you'd like to come out, and you'd be a part of that camp. Now, some of you are athletes or former athletes, and, and maybe you'd help in the soccer camp that we, we hold once a year. And this year, the dates are up there, July 18th through the 22nd, it's 530 at night through 830 at night. Need coaches and assistants, Bible teachers, song leaders, just general assisting. See how many areas, how easy it is to get involved, how easy it is to fulfill what Scripture is saying? A couple more, and I'm going to let you go so you have time to get out there and look at it. Technology. We're looking at a new ministry. We already have technology here at the church, and we always need people to, to, to serve in that area. If you're kind of a technology person, then, then you, want to, you want to check this out. And by the way, all of these things we're talking about, you go to the east patio after the service, and there'll be volunteers there to help give you, you to get you to get signed up. Now, that doesn't mean you're signing up for the ministry. All it means is that you're signing up for the leader of that ministry to contact you and tell you more about it and answer any questions you have, okay? So understand that. You're not going out there and putting, you know, you're not going to prick your finger and sign in blood or anything like that. All right, so technology. We're looking to expand our technology so that we can have video streaming and we can have, instead of the CDs that we give, to actually have DVDs where people can see the service and see the preaching because that's so much more impactful. But we, don't, we can't make the, the purchase of equipment that would be needed to do that if we don't know that we could have people to use the equipment. So if you have experience in videography or camera operation or in television production or video streaming over the Internet or video editing, or maybe you have experience in sound engineering, running a, a sound booth, well, we certainly always need people right here to do that. And, and you're comfortable for, with computers, that's another area of it. Now, basically, what you need is a willingness to learn and to follow direction, see? So if, if you're a te technology kind of, and that's, that's kind of your passion, then go back to the next step booth and say, hey, I'm interested in that technology thing. These are all next steps. And we're going to introduce more throughout the year as the needs arise. But look at all the things that you can do already. Some... A little bit more time-consuming, some a little bit more Bible knowledge-consuming, but many just service, just serving. But everything that you do. What is that again, Peter says? 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received to what? Serve others. Now, what, what do you get out of it? Eternal rewards. Now, I know you think, well, some people say, and they've said this to me directly, well, you know, Pastor Pete, I'll just be happy to make it to heaven. Oh, don't be a fool. Don't be, you're not, that's not going to be your reality when you get there. You're, you're not going to be, when, when you see all these rewards and all these things, and, and it's going to impact your eternal experience. You're not going to say, well, I'm just glad to be here, God. All of us, I'm going to wish, you're going to wish that we did so much more. When we finally see our eternal abode, we're going to wish, every one of us is going to wish we had done more. Well, today, as the Holy Spirit leads, is an opportunity to start taking a next step towards your eternal experience. And also, a next step into building up the church 
so that the church can do the work of Christ, the kingdom work in the community and around the world. Now, I'm going to let you go here in a second. Before I do, I want you to, to remind you, next week I'm going to start a new series that we're calling Life After Life. What's next? Interesting, a new survey, a poll came out, a Pew Foundation poll, saying that people are losing interest in church. They're losing interest in religion. But there's a gaining interest in life after death. There's a gaining interest in what's going to happen when this life ends. Here's an amazing opportunity for you to bring people to this series who might not be interested in church, but they are interested in answering the question, what's next? Now, I show you this card because these cards are available in the lobby. And while you go out there, I'm going to encourage you to take a few and then use them as invitations. They have all the information on the back of them about the series, about the church, about the service times, and you can give them to different friends as we get into this series. And I want you to know, it's going to be a really eye-opening experience. So I hope that you will come. Let's pray right now. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you that you do not leave us without a guide, without direction. You have provided in your word. You, God, yourself. Now, you've done it through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's given it to different, different men to, to write these letters and these, these manuscripts of the Bible, but it all comes from you. And it comes for the welfare of the church, and it comes for the welfare of every one of us here today. God, thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you haven't hidden information that is going to be vital to our eternal experience. Thank you for being compassionate. Now, Lord, we just pray that you will touch hearts that you're going to touch. And we pray that those hearts will be receptive to what the Holy Spirit is saying to them for you and from you. And Lord, I pray that we'll all take time to go out there and, and, and to, to investigate where we might get plugged in more. Thank you, God, for it all. We're going to take our offering now, Lord, and we just pray that you'll bless it and use it for your glory. It's another important part of our life with you. And it's another important part of our service, another important part of our eternal rewards. And we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to give now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.